Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. Giving birth in the midst of a pandemic can be quite terrifying. Now, giving birth to twins eight weeks early while suffering from COVID-19, well, that's got to be impossible. Well, not for today's guest. At just 32 weeks, Jen went into labor with her twins and discovered days before that both she and her husband, Andre, both were COVID positive. She'll share her story with us and give us an update as to how her family of four is now. That's today on Connections. Today we're joined by Jennifer Laubach. She is a mother of twins, but life leading up to these twins wasn't what she expected. She's going to share that story with us as we go on this morning. But first of all, Jen, can you tell us a little bit about your family? Okay. Um, we met online, actually, on a dating website called uh, Plenty of Fish. This was a while ago. Um Gosh, like six years ago, we met when I was, when we were 30. So we're 36 now. Um, We got married in September of 2018. Um, We tried getting pregnant um, for about six months, a little over six months. And then um, at that point, because of my age, we had decided to go, um, seek help from a fertility specialist and they did some tests and um, told me that I had a low egg count. So we ended up doing in vitro fertilization and that's how we ended up with these two guys. (laughs) And so you became pregnant with twins and and that was exciting because pre uh, all of this, there was no pandemic at this point when you're pregnant. Tell me about the excitement when you found out that you were pregnant with your twins. Oh, it was amazing because um, at one point during the IVF treatment, um, my doctor told me that my body was not responding as he hoped it would to the um, medications and that we might have to cancel the um, cycle and try again another cycle. So I was pretty devastated about that, you know, being told that you have a low egg count, you know, at 35 years old, 36 years old. And that you might not be able to have kids is very um, disheartening. And so, but but the cycle, the medication did work. My body did respond. Um, but normally when people go through, women go through these treatments, they end up with um, like eggs to, embryos to spare that they can freeze for later. I literally got two embryos. And that was it. And so these are those two guys. That that was all I got from that, <laughs> all that medication. So um, if we were to try to do it again, I don't know if it would even work. I, I, I don't know. So um, pretty thankful and pretty thankful for modern science. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we were just we were ecstatic. And uh, when we found out that both embryos had taken, because there's always a chance that One could take, the other doesn't, you know, or neither takes. But we found out both of them took, and we were just like, oh, no, here here comes the roller coaster. (laughs) So they are basically little miracles then. Yeah, I mean, these boys have been through the ringer. I mean, they, they have come into the world against all odds, that's for sure. So you become pregnant, and it's the pre-pandemic world. It's exciting. All of a sudden, there's a pandemic, and you're pregnant in the midst of a pandemic. 
um, when that first started, what were your thoughts when you're thinking, oh, no, I'm going to deliver in the midst of a pandemic? Well, it's funny because um, I don't follow the news that much because I, I don't know, I just don't, I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I just get, I just, but my husband does, you know, he's always following CNN and Reddit and all of his websites that he goes to. But um, he told me about it first back in December when it was happening in China and You know, he's like, they're predicting that this is going to be a worldwide thing. And so he was talking about it before any of my friends and family really knew about it or were talking about it. Um, So let's see, come February, March, you know, they start talking about it here in the U.S. Um, When it got really serious in March, uh, my work had a meeting And I'm sort of like um, middle management at work. You know, I'm not upper management, but I do manage a team of like four people. So I was involved in the meeting just talking about what options we were going to offer employees for working from home. And um, my supervisor was like, well, Jen, you're pregnant. Are you going to work from home? And at that point, I hadn't considered it. I didn't I wasn't concerned about getting it very much well just like everybody I think that it's not going to happen to them you know (laughs) um so I actually did um that day after we had our meeting I left and went and started working from home and that was a full week before our governor issued the stay-at-home order I started working from home basically just isolated myself didn't go anywhere, um, you know, didn't go to any restaurants, didn't go to the store um, because I was 30 weeks pregnant at that point. Um, So, but ironically, I started working at home on a Monday, Thursday of that week, I started getting symptoms. And uh, not only did you get symptoms, your husband also uh, got the COVID-19 symptoms. Tell me a little bit about what that was like and what you guys were experiencing. Well, my symptoms started out, I just thought it was um, a cold or maybe like a sinus infection. It started with um, a sinus infection. It started with a cough. Um, I usually get allergies around this time of year, so I wasn't concerned about it. I didn't have a fever. I didn't have any shortness of breath at that point. It was just a cough. And then five days later, my husband started getting his symptoms. So probably he got it from me or, you know, I don't, we don't really know where we got it from. Um, but he started with, uh, he started having like chills and body aches, but neither of us ever had a fever. And then um, his cough started a few days after that. Um, And then I started getting, like, shortness of breath. And um, But I just thought that was from having two kids pressing on my diaphragm. And then I – but then I started having, like, diarrhea, and he started getting diarrhea, and his cough got worse. And he has lifelong asthma, so um, he really had symptoms – his symptoms were – way more severe than mine were. So once his cough became really severe is when I 
was like, okay, maybe we should get tested for this. Um, his birthday is on March 30th, and that day I called the doctor and got us appointments for a test the following day. So I said, happy birthday. I got you a coronavirus test for your birthday. And, and lo and behold, in between that and the results, you went into labor. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we got our test on a Tuesday. My water broke on, <clears throat> excuse me, on Thursday. So at that point, at that point, though, uh, when my water broke, I was already at day 16 of symptoms. So the worst had come and gone for me. Um, but Andre was only on, like, day 10 of his symptoms, day 10 or 11. So he was really in the thick of it at that point because they say that the symptoms are the worst on day 10 or 11. And that, that absolutely was the worst for him. Um, we ended up taking him to the emergency room um, and we called an ambulance for him on two separate days. And is this while you're in labor as well? No, we, the, the day we got our test, so Tuesday, March, 31st, um, <clears throat> we we got our test that day, and, and it was in the 10 in the morning, and he felt fine. He went to, we went to the test, and he was like, you know, strangely enough, I feel okay. And I'm like, oh, good. Maybe we don't even need these, you know. <laughs> but we did them just to, just because we wanted to know. But then later Tuesday night, he went into a coughing fit so bad um, for an hour that he just sat in a chair, just concentrated on breathing, couldn't catch his breath. You know, I sat there and watched him. And after an hour of him doing this, I said, all right, get in the car. We're going to the emergency room. And by the time we got to the emergency room, it had passed. They um, checked all of his vitals and his oxygen levels were like, 95, 96%. So they were like, you know, you don't need to go to a hospital. Just wait for your test. Um, or you don't need to be admitted is what they said. Um, just wait for your test results and, you know, go home. So we went home. And then two days later on Thursday, April 2nd, it was like 1130 in the morning. I was working from home and my water broke and I was um, really freaked out because I was only 32 weeks at that point and I hadn't had any pregnancy complications whatsoever. My pregnancy was smooth sailing so I wasn't sure why I was going into labor or why my water broke. I just kept saying to Andre, it's too early, it's too early. So as I'm in the bathroom, um, he gets on the phone with the hospital to call, or the doctor call you know calls them and they told us to go to the hospital obviously, um, but they had to t they told us um, like gave us a special entrance to use because the hospitals are all on you know lockdown and going through these screening processes and everything so um, he while he was on the phone with the hospital I strangely enough got the call that with our test results and they said that he had tested positive and I had tested negative. 
So this was all happening at once. Um, After I got off the phone, (laughs) we were both off the phone. He said, you know, you got to go to the hospital. I said, okay, we got our test back. You're positive. I'm negative. And we're just like, what do we do? (laughs) (laughs) So I said, um, I asked him to pack us a hospital bag. um, And he went upstairs to our bedroom, started packing stuff for me, you know, packed me books and um, <laughs> phone charger and um, my Nintendo Switch and, like, just all, it was really cute, like, all of this stuff for me to do in the hospital. <laughs> so I wasn't bored. Um, <clears throat> and then clothes, of course, and for clothes for him and myself. And um, But during, while he was doing that, the exertion of that caused him to go into another one of these coughing fits. So he comes downstairs with the bag. He's coughing. He can't breathe very well. He's coughing so hard he can't even talk. Um, and I said to him, okay, we got to go to the hospital. Like, can you drive? And I'm just looking at him, and the look on his face told me everything, and it was completely, like, gut-wrenching because he didn't have to say anything. I could just tell what he was thinking, and it was like, I want to go. I want to drive you. I want to go, but I can't physically do that right now. And so I said, all right, get in the car. I'm going to drive. And at this point, you know, we didn't, we didn't really have a plan. We didn't know what we were going to do. I mean, looking back um, on it, I should have known that they wouldn't have let him be there with me with him being positive. But I just thought, all right, he needs medical attention. I need medical attention. Let's go to the hospital. So we got in the car and went, and um, as I'm driving through the neighborhood, I got a call back from my doctor um, that had called me with the test results, and when he called me, I said, well, this is great timing because my water just broke, just, you know, joking around about it, and he's like, oh, really? And I said, yeah. I said, we're going to go to the hospital, and he said, okay, well, then... As we're driving away, he called me back and he's like, and second thought, you know, Andre can't go with you. He's not going to, they're not going to let him in there for the birth. They're not even going to let him in the hospital unless he's, you know, needs to be admitted. So I said, okay, you know, what should I do? And, and he's like, well, I would turn around and drop him back off and call him an ambulance. If he's, if he's coughing so bad right now, you know, he needs immediate medical attention. So turn around, drop him off, call him an ambulance. So that's what I did. I turned around, dropped him back off, and, um, you know, I said, I love you, and he couldn't even say it back because he was still, he still couldn't talk, couldn't catch his breath. And I drove away, and I just had to remain strong, but I was literally thinking, like, is this the last time I'm ever going to see my husband? It was scary. And you're 32 weeks pregnant and about to have babies. Um, yeah. <laughs> a, a little too I early. Tell me a little bit more about what happens from there. Then you uh, you call the ambulance. He gets taken to the hospital. You're headed to the hospital. What happens from there? Yeah, well, I went to the hospital. Um, it's a 30-minute it's a drive for me. So um, 
along the way, I called my mom, his mom, and I called my boss to tell her what was happening, that I wouldn't be working from home anymore that day. Um, but I also called my brother and asked him to go over to our house and check on Andre because I was scared leaving him there by himself. Um, so Andre called the ambulance. My brother, the ambulance came to our house. My brother also came to our house at that point and was with him. Um, the ambulance took his vitals. And again, his oxygen levels were almost a hundred percent. The coughing fit had subsided at this point. Um, and they just said, well, you know, they're, we could take you to the hospital, but there are other people that need a bed more than you do. So basically it was just like, do you want to take a bed for somebody else that needs it more than you? And that's what Andre felt. And so he just decided, well, no, I guess not. So he, he left the porch light on, he left the door unlocked in case something happened in the middle of the night <clears throat> the paramedic said, call us back. We'll come in your house, you know, leave your door unlocked so we can get to you. And uh, my brother was so sweet, brought him, like, Gatorades and, you know, food and, and everything. My brother put himself at risk because he came into our house. Um, he was wearing a mask and gloves, but he came into our house to check on Andre and bring him all of that food. So, um was super thankful for him. He ended up having the quarantine for 14 days after that, but um, thankfully he never ended up getting it. Um, meanwhile, I'm at the hospital. I um, sat in a wheelchair for about 30 minutes while the hospital figured out what to do with me. Um, they knew that I had tested negative, but Andre had tested positive. So at that point they were treating me as a false negative. Um, they were treating me as if I, you know, had it too, because I had exhibited all the symptoms. My symptoms had pretty much, um, subsided that by that point, but I was still having shortness of breath and, um, a little like, um, GI issues like diarrhea, but my cough was pretty much gone. I, again, I had no fever, no body aches, no runny nose, no chills, nothing like that. So I sat in the wheelchair for about 30 minutes. Um, they didn't want to take me up to labor, labor and delivery if I wasn't actually in labor because they didn't want to put the other moms and babies at risk. So what they decided to do was send a labor and delivery doctor and nurse down to the emergency room, and they examined me in one of the emergency room um, in, in one of the emergency rooms there. So they examined me, found out that my water had indeed broke, that it wasn't just like leaking or some other issue like that, um, found out that it had ruptured. And at that point, they needed to admit me. Um, so they took me to a, they took me upstairs to the labor and delivery unit to a a negative pressure room that they had set aside just for, you know, thankfully they had prepared and they'd set aside for just this situation. I was the first person that um, was delivering that had um, COVID symptoms for them. So it was all new, like nobody really knew what to do. Um, you know, the nurses were, I 
they had questions about the PPE, how to wear it properly. I mean, I could hear them asking the doctors and infectious disease, like, how do I do this? How do I do that? And I just felt so terrible just putting all of them at risk because every time they had to come into my room, they had to wear this, you know, the the surgical mask, N95 mask, goggles, face shield, um, hairnet, gown, booties, gloves, like three pairs of gloves so they could take off a contaminated pair and have a fresh pair. And I know it was really hot for them. And I just felt, um, I felt terrible about it. And I felt really helpless and isolated too, because I couldn't have anybody with me. I couldn't have a support person with me. So, But you managed, you got through, your babies were born. And then um, what happened from there? Babies were born the next day, um, and I delivered vaginally. Um, I was looking back at it, now. I'm surprised because of the shortness of breath and the COVID that I was able to do that. Um, but they were tiny. They were, too, they were you know, four pounds about, so... Um, we went into the the OR room and, you know, there was a whole team in there and everybody's wearing PPE, two doctors. Um, and as soon as I delivered them, <clears throat> they went to, they took them to the other side of the room and the NICU nurses were cleaning them up. And um, I was just, I was looking over trying to get a glimpse of them and they were sort of holding them up for me to see, which was nice. But they basically just took them away. Um, they took them away because, you know, that's what you would do for normal premature babies anyways. Um, but they went, they were had to be in their own room because they were being treated as positive themselves. So they had to be isolated from the other babies in the NICU. So they're isolated. I'm isolated um, both teams of workers that are caring for us have to wear full PPE. I'm not allowed to see them. Um, they got tested at 48 hours and again at seven days after birth. So both of those tests came up negative for both of them, thank God. But when I was delivering, I just prayed that I didn't somehow pass it to them through childbirth, you know. So you guys were unable to see your two little guys for a total of two weeks. Is that correct? Uh, 20 days, actually. Tell me a little bit about what that was like. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, it's really indescribable because on the one hand, I'm so thankful that they had such good care. And, you know, Andre and I were recovering ourselves. I mean, Andre especially, but um, I got tested again for the virus the day after I gave birth, and this one came back positive. So at that point, I knew I had it too, and the safest place for them to be was away from us. Um, because if they had been a normal-term baby, they would have sent them home with us, you know, and we would have had to take measures on our own to sort of social distance from our babies and clean and disinfect everything properly. But so I was, I was thankful that they were able to be there, but then also it was, um, 
difficult because the first few hours and days of life is, you know, really important for bonding. And they didn't, we didn't meet them for three weeks. So we missed out on all of that bonding time. And, you know, newborns change so much in that time period. So I don't have a ton of pictures from that time. And um, so it's just, it's really hard to describe. Um, I've seen, I'm sort of a glutton for punishment and I've been looking at comments on our um, news videos, <laughs> like <laughs> YouTube comments and people are just saying that I'm a bad mom for taking them away or letting them take them away. And that um, it's a shame because we'll never get that bonding period back. And they'll basically just be like adopted kids to us. And I mean, just really absurd comments, <laughs> yes. but um, yeah. So, it, but yeah, so we did, we did video chats and they would call us every night for feeding and, um, or like if they were giving them a bath. Um, so it was nice. I was thankful that they had that technology. And now you have both home? Mm-hmm. Correct? Yep. And how, yep. how are things now for everybody now that you have both boys home and, and the two of you are recovering? What it, What is life like now for everybody? Um, way harder than getting coronavirus and driving yourself to the hospital when you're in labor. <laughs> really? I wouldn't have expected that answer. <laughs> it is just a big change. Um, sleep sleep deprivation is real. So, uh, but it's it's nice. We're we're settling into a new normal. Our one son Maxim was in the NICU for 38 days. We just picked him up on Monday. So, so we've only been home for, you know, three days as a family of four. And um, it's it's nice. It's nice to not have to drive to the NICU every day. And it's nice to just be able to, you know, sit and snuggle and feed and be covered and spit up. <laughs> I mean, after everything we went through, I'm not complaining about, you know, a little sleep deprivation. <laughs> uh, for any other parent out there that may um, be going through something similar to you, what would you say to them? I would say, um, you know, do your best to, you know, listen to your government, stay at home, stay safe, social distance. You know, it's not worth it. It's not worth going out for a meal or going to you know, Home Depot or whatever. It's not, it just stay home and take care of yourself and your family and um, trust the doctors and the nurses. I mean, that they were the ones that got me through this because being in the hospital for six days, you know, I was, I had preeclampsia too. So I also, um, I had to be readmitted after I gave birth for four days and both times I wasn't able to have anybody be with me and it was just really depressing and um, I was isolated and the nurses just really got me through. They came and sat with me and, you know, held my hand while I was giving birth and delivered and, um, but yeah, just put the trust in the healthcare workers and trust in the government and listen to what they say and take this virus seriously is really what everyone needs to do. That's some great advice, Jen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Remember, if you want to listen to the full conversation again, you can always do that by visiting your radio station's website. We'll talk to you again on Connections.